All right. So now both of those are recording, and they're giving me they're giving me links to the download. And so between those, we should be uh, ASAP. We should be uh, ASAP Ferg to, <laughs> to 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 get started here. Ought we too. We should we be ASAP Ferg. We should be ASAP Ferg when we get started here. I disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary. Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. I'm your hostess with the most, as you can call me, Rocky, and we have a very special episode for you tonight. It is uh, it is era of my birthday. I will be 22. I'm got, I've got a little something to drink with me, and I'm joined by two very special guests. One is a voice actor, one is a visual artist, and they are both among my favorite people. Sam and Leon, how you doing? Hi. Fantastic. Yes. Better now Thank that I'm here. Us. Yeah. We're fuck we're fucking out here and we are talking about we're covering a topic that is very immense and we will probably only cover a small piece of it tonight but that's great because we can come back whenever we want to do this again. Um we're talking about the Beatles. Yes we are. Oh no. <laughs> uh <laughs> so we have the three of us have a bit of a history with the Beatles. Um I guess we can go into that anecdote and also go around and share general feelings about the band before we get into the the nitty-gritty vibes yeah i'm sure so the so the um the beatles this episode has in some ways been in the making for a much longer time than this podcast has uh it, it all started with a uh with, with with a with a podcasting class that sam was in where we we were just having some conversation and we started talking about the Beatles. <laughs> Specifically kind of a heinous 3 a.m. conversation in like a computer lab in a library. Very extensive and uh, <laughs> disgusting conversation about the Beatles. Sort of then that. it just kept happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were like, this is, this is going to be the podcast. This is gold. Write this, this down. Is, this is yeah, we we <laughs> developed we developed a bit of a a bit of a world around it, and we we recorded an episode that is available on the web about um, the song "Drive My Car." It was going to be each episode was based around a single song, and then we had we were talking about doing Rocky Raccoon for the second episode. We sort of had plans in place, and um, I guess COVID put a damper on that. Yeah, sort of did. Yeah, it's a shame. The epic poetry of Rocky Raccoon, if memory serves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We <laughs> there would have been a lot to it, and uh, it, you know. Yeah. No. My funny story about the Rocky Raccoon thing is that you two were reciting the lyrics when we had like a fire alarm or something outside, um, and I straight up thought you were just making the entire thing up, and then I went home. <laughs> And then I went home, yeah. and then within the next few days, I heard the person upstairs playing the song on the, and singing the song on their guitar, and I was like, this can't be real, because at that point I still thought you just made up the entire song. 
To be fair, I think I I think when we had that conversation, I also had never heard Rocky Raccoon before. I gathered from context that I gathered from context that it was an existing Beatles song, but I had never heard it. Oh, because I was riffing all the high hell on variations on the lyrics, so that must have been trippy. Okay, I didn't even know that at the time. (laughs) <laughs> it was really great. It was really great. It was a good uh, time that we had. And um, as I started this podcast, it was, you know, a separate thought, obviously. But I was like, even as I was conceiving it, I was like, eventually we're going to do the Beatles episode or uh, a, an extended series of Beatles episodes, as the case may be. And oh. um, it's my birthday and we're getting down to it. Yes. Happy old. Happy, happy old. old. I will be I'll be 22 years of age. That's a lot of them. Yeah, I guess just to just to kick things off, we can go around uh, and give general thoughts on the Beatles. I, I guess what your history is with them, mm-hmm. how you feel about them. Yeah, just little little anecdotes to kick us off. Hi, I'm Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. I listen to the Beatles <laughs> okay. frequently. <laughs> it's been a long while. Um, Beetle Hall is anonymous. Yeah, they're addicted to Beetle Hall. Yeah. I, kid, I oh, shit you not, actually. I listened to the Beatles the entire way to and from high school, like half the time in like a year of high school. Um, wow. Yeah. I obviously had heard them before that, but like that, that shaped some of my Beatles preferences. Sure. <laughs> through the lens of the other shit that I was listening to at the time. I don't know, that, sure. that doesn't pertain to anything. It's just a fun fact. And I, I, I guess everyone sort of, like, the kind of Beatles that they take in is dependent upon, like, what stage of their life they're in. So, like, the kind of Beatles you listen to in high school is, you know, there's a certain mm. shape to it. Walks on two legs in the evening. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's my Beatle. What a, Sorry. What a shape <laughs> it is. Leon, what's your Beatle? Hi, I'm Leon. Hi, Hi Leon. <laughs> I have no history with the Beatles. I heard them when other people play them. Uh, that's all. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This this was sort of the uh, the je ne sais quoi that the uh, that the Beatle project had. That we all sort of had a different level of knowledge and appreciation for the Beatles. Um, the, like, this part of the premise of the show was that we were introducing Leon, or the character Leon played to the music, and, um, Both. we were sort of Beatleologists of different backgrounds. Uh, <laughs> so my, you know, I just, I, I'm very much, as, as if you've listened to this show, you know, I'm just the kind of person who knows about pop culture things, uh, to, to to a strong degree, even if I even if I don't have too much experience with them, I never had a Beatles phase. I would say I still don't think I've listened to an entire Beatles album. I've I've heard a lot of deep cuts. It's possible that like all told, I've listened to an album, but I've never like sat down with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Beatles fan. Uh, like, 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 I definitely, like, being a, a bit of a historian, I definitely understand th- how impactful they were, um, but I, you know, I, I have a lot more fun 
uh, disliking them than I do liking them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so we only have one Beatles liker in the chat today. Yeah, and even that's a little bit sort of a perverse enjoyment, to be honest. Half the time, half the time, man. Yeah, we're all. We're all listen well. to Yellow Submarine, man. <laughs> what a fucking album! That could be that could be a subject for a future episode, just that album. But um, Ooh, it could. Yeah, we all we all have our our perverse angles on the Beatles. Beatles derogatory. Mm. Yes, and uh, we're we're gonna get into our conversation here in a bit. But um, I do have a segment that I want us to get into real quick before we do that uh you know we're nine episodes into the show i'm still figuring out what you know what segments we're doing how things are gonna work i feel like it's gonna be a my brother my brother and me kind of thing where like there's the basic like frame narrative but beyond that we can kind of do whatever we want and then a way we are your brothers and you're you and in a way i'm me (laughs) in a strong sense (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some would say. Uh, And so this is a segment that I'm going to tentatively call Riddles for Teens. Mm. Tittles for Reens. (laughs) Tittles for Reens. Now, uh, Substack doesn't have, like, listener analytics. Um, I don't know exactly what my demographics are in terms of who listens to the show, but I'm going to guess that a lot of them are parents of teens. Interesting uh-huh. guess. Parents <laughs> of, not teens, but parents of? Well, maybe I, I I think parents of teens and teens are two people who definitely listen to Pulp Friction. Mm. Single or coupled? Single or coupled? coupled. Is, mm, I was gonna say single, but I guess I guess coupled is uh coupled or cuckled. <laughs> Somehow I don't know. in my heart of hearts, I believe that all of this is incorrect, but go on. Well, I who am I to dispute your your heart of hearts? But um <laughs> if you're a parent of a teen listening to this, and if you're a teen listening to this, <laughs> and if you're listening to this and with, if you're listening to this with your teen <laughs> And or please, show. God. <laughs> <laughs> and or yeah um, <laughs> so it's possible we're, we're getting silly here i i as i said i'm a little I'm drinking um but you know how hard it is to to entertain a teen and to get them off off the dang phone and uh you know uh challenge them so i've pulled up a, a an article i found in in reader's digest the other day oh. it's called this is from the website. It's called 37 of the Best Riddles for Tea. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. With answers. And we're just going to go through uh, a few of these. Uh, just, just, to get us, just to get us into the spirit here. So uh, first I'll go into the, uh, the opening paragraph here. Uh, the subtitle is Riddle Your Teen This. <laughs> mm. Mm. Spider-Man. Really, your team this Spider-Man? Spider-Man is the and or in this situation. For sure. Spider-Man mm-hmm. is the 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 Oh, I was I, I was trying to think of something, but I couldn't. The teen years <laughs> <laughs> The teen years are challenging, not just for the person going through them, but for their parents as well. well tell me about it. Mm. 
perfect for our Andor uh, in the crowd. Yeah. Suddenly, the one small child who adored you now wants nothing to do with you and won't even tell you how their day was. But oh. teenagers also think they know everything. So <laughs> we, we know this. It's true. So, so use that to your advantage by asking them to crack these riddles for teens. Tactical. Just the premise is so funny. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> you got to think about the kind of household where riddles for teens come into you. <laughs> I have a household that reads Reader's Digest for sure. For sure, mm. and 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 that's our it. household, isn't it? It's mm. it's it's you it's guys. A fine house. Yeah, you guys are arguably my brothers, and I'm arguably me. And uh, yeah. so, uh, play together for a family game night, and they might actually enjoy spending time with you again. Your teens. Oh. Your teens. If you've also got younger children, mix in some of the best riddles for kids, and that links to another article. Oh. Uh, yeah, but. They have demographics. Strong and or, yeah. But we wouldn't make it we couldn't make it too easy. So we've included some pretty challenging riddles for teens in here too. <laughs> oh. Riddles for advanced teens. I like how they always say for teens. <laughs> <laughs> These are not They're riddles. Teens. They're not riddles. They're riddles for teens. Riddle if yeah. teen. Not an and or. Yeah. Just an is. Just an, if. an if for. Mm. Who knows? Maybe they'll get the answers before you do. Teens do love being right, after all. Oh, yeah. So here is our, our first riddle for teens. You're in a race, and you pass the person in second place. What place are you in now? Second, second place. It, 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 yeah, it's, I mean... Well, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, second place. Uh, but uh, but but here's here's a little a little paragraph that comes between the riddle and the answer, which it doesn't say it doesn't say in the description that there's going to be something other than riddles and answers here. So I feel a little cheated, but unfortunately, here we are. Your teen's first mm. thought is probably if you pass the person in second, you'll be in first place. But that's not true because the person <laughs> in first place is still there. Only when you pass the person in first place are you actually in first place. Answer. They included the game FAQ on the way to this one. Oh <laughs> yeah. God. Answer second place. Too easy? Oh, try these walk <laughs> Yeah, try these brain teasers that'll leave you stumped. And that links to another article. They're, these aren't brain oh, teasers. Yeah, they're not brain teasers for teens, though. So, no thank yeah. you. Come on. All right. Second <laughs> riddle. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our Andors to please here. Andors, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get these Andors. Oh, <laughs> oh, because of our demographic, that's right. Yeah, sleepy time. How can you go ten days without sleep? What? <laughs> How okay. can you go ten days without sleep? Huh. I mean, like cumulatively. Maybe it'll yeah, maybe it'll help you if I go through the uh the paragraph before the answer. Oh, which which, you know, it always you'll notice that it always it, it like gives it away, but it assumes that the parents are reading this and not the teens. So um if you're if you're an Andor out there, <laughs> put your teens in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> or or take the one of the two headphones you're sharing. <laughs> Just teens plug your out of their ear, yeah. <laughs> This is a trick question. 
It takes the word day literally. Instead of meaning 24 hours, it means the daytime, as opposed to the nighttime when people sleep. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You could also discuss with your teen whether they think this is a fair question. <laughs> Could we? <laughs> you could. You could. You could tell you. You could do oh. this riddle for teens, and then you could ask your teen. That wasn't a good riddle, was it? <laughs> oh. Well, now that just wasn't very nice, was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yep. you can you you can discuss whether you they think it's a queer question, and have they ever had a teacher ask them a trick question on a test that they didn't think was fair? Oh, they're trying to make bonding experiences. Oh. They're doing. Yeah, you've, it's you've cracked, more than just riddles. You've cracked the code of the riddles for teens. It's really about bonding. Oh, so that was the real riddle all along. Yeah, let's do one more though, <laughs> just yeah. to yeah, just to. You know, now that we know what it's about, let's 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 see the prestige. Mm. You throw away my outside, eat my inside, then throw away the inside. What am I? Some, some kind of fruit. Papaya. Edamame. Well, well, the possibilities seem endless for this one. But there's oh, this is a chicken. Well, you see, there's one clue that could help your teen get the answer. <laughs> oh, good. The word eat. So they know it's something <laughs> that can be consumed. Yeah. That's the clue that'll help your teen get the answer. They say the word eat in the riddle. <laughs> so you know that it's something you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is an animal. This is an animal that you're consuming. The answer is corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's sorry, that's not a riddle anyway. Yeah, and you're right that like any animal where where there's bones in it, you you I mean you 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 know, take off the outside in a way, the feathers, whatever. You you eat the inside and then you throw away the 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 other inside. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, most people shit out everything that they eat eventually, so and you are oh. throwing it away in that sense. I, I mean, you'd have you're to throw away your inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing it outside. Uh You take off your outside when you strip down to eat. <laughs> <laughs> And then you eat your inside and throw out your inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you eat me. You you eat yourself in of house and home. No, tell you do that. Yeah. So, uh, should we do another teen riddle, or should we get into the Beatles? I'd love another, but I could do these all night. All right, let's do <laughs> let's do one more teen riddle just to. D just to, you know, really get us in the mood to talk about the Beatles. <laughs> and this rare. is how it always goes. This is how we, we had so many of these heinous three-hour conversations in like, a, in like a computer lab or a, or a you know, multi-purpose room. Because it'll just become something else. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Warming up 24-7. An Uber driver. You see, we'll get into it. Is going the opposite way down a one-way street. He passes five policemen along the way, none of which stop him. Why not? They're on foot. 
He's mowing them down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's really funny because you're... Because you're so on the right track, and that's... Ca- <laughs> oh, no. Let's read the paragraph here. We updated this one from taxi driver to Uber driver to better appeal to teams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, they, they really know their demos better than I do. How, do how, how will we update this show to appeal to teens? Let's talk about that for a Martin second. Martin Scorsese's Uber driver? Uber driver, oh, oh my god. I don't actually know who directed that film. No, you're right. It's Martin Scorsese. That that is very funny. So we'll finish this riddle, then we'll briefly talk about updating pulp friction for teens. <laughs> oh, good, good. This riddle tricks you by drawing your attention to the person's occupation, but it never says the person is actually engaged in that occupation at the time. Answer: The Uber driver was on foot. Oh, they're mowing him down. Yeah, they're <laughs> mowing him down. That's why they're not stopping him. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're just, they're just plowed right through him. <laughs> yeah, but he's not being stopped. He's not being stopped. That's true. He, he, helping he him on his way. Yeah, he won't be stopped. They're, uh, yeah, they're taking his groceries. Every officer is taking one. Is taking one bag of groceries, and they're all gonna bring it home for him. Which is in the opposite direction from yeah. where he's walking. <laughs> Which is, yeah, he's walking to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> no, his he- previous batch of groceries in hand. He's, yeah. he's late for something else entirely unrelated. Yeah, so 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 that was why he called his uh his his boys in blue because he because he was like <laughs> he was like I just got groceries but I have to go to something else. I'm gonna call nine one one and see if they'll take my groceries. <laughs> see if they'll... And then they mow him down. <laughs> his steady mark notwithstanding, and and bring his groceries home. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into the Beatles. How will we talk in th- talk about the Beatles in a way that appeals to teens? Um, hosted on TikTok is my suggestion. Okay, yeah, just yeah. just okay. So a TikTok about the Beatles, not featuring, not featuring. Of course, that that would be silly. Um. I wonder if any Beatles songs have ever gone gone big on TikTok. I feel like Drive My Car could. It could. Yeah. There's gotta have been some edgy remix that has. Oh, for sure. I'm imagining somebody making a TikTok dance to just the normal Drive My Car, and I don't like what yeah. I'm seeing. <laughs> it's very... Oh, boy. I'm loving it. Um, I'm slurping it up. Mm. Like the soup of the day. Slurping I'm what you're spilling. I'm slurping what you're what you're spooning. <laughs> I'm throwing away my insides to it. <laughs> throwing them back. Ooh, just like the TikTok <laughs> dance to the drive by car. Yeah, Precisely. yeah. <laughs> Baby, you can throw it back. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that word in it. This is how we do it. This is how we get the teens interested in the Beatles. Is by mm. is by you know is is through TikTok ingenuity. If the Beatles were, if TikTok was around in the time of the Beatles, <laughs> don't mm-hmm. ask that question, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. What would Jesus do? <laughs> what would Jesus do in that scenario? I mean, okay, we'll we'll get into this history, these notes that I have on Beatles history, and we will just be use that as a discussion question. 
what if what if TikTok was there? Well, that was a smooth transitions for your riddles for us. Yeah, that <laughs> these oh, are no. these are riddles that the teams at home can also solve. We're out of the Andor territory now. Yeah, we're 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 into the Andor and out of the Andor. Mm-hmm. John Lennon was born. <laughs> <laughs> was he? I don't believe he was. You. Unfortunately. <laughs> John Lennon was born in October 1940 in Liverpool to waitress Julia and merchant marine Alfred Alf Lennon. Alf? <laughs> Son of Alf. Alf. <laughs> John, yeah, John Alfson. John Ben Alf. That's awful. <laughs> John Ben Alf and Ringo. <laughs> After his parents split, he spent much of his childhood in a house that was called Mendips. Um, Mendips. Yeah, it was named after the nearby Mendip Hills. I, you know, it's a completely unfamiliar culture. I think to to most of America, this idea of just just your house having a name. Yeah. Wow. Like, Man, especially a name like Mendips. A name like Mendips. <laughs> you 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 grew up in Mendips. You you invite your family down to Mendips to uh to to listen to you play your Beatles. Ooh. Come on down to Mendips this weekend. Come on down to Mendips. We're gonna we're gonna d- d- dip. We're popping down to we're, Mendips. We're dipping down. <laughs> My men are dipping down. Ooh. Mm. And throw it back a little bit. And you could kind of imagine Mendips as like the Beatles, uh, you know, hype house. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The Mendips house. That's what it is. That's what it is. The 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 fucking TikTok houses have names. Oh no. Oh yeah. Hey. Oh. There we go. Yes. So this is the, the Mendips the house. The Beatles would be called the Mendips, and they'd all make TikToks. I. Yeah. Now that we've solved this riddle, I'd like to leave. <laughs> So John uh, spent much of his childhood living with uh, his aunt Mimi and her husband George Toogood Smith. <laughs> George Toogood Smith. Middle or Nick? Middle. Damn. <laughs> That's too. D- 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 if it was a nickname, it'd be too good. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so he attended uh, Quarry Bank High School in Liverpool, where he became involved in the latest music craze, Sweeping Britain, which was Skiffle. Skiffle. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a bit of a yeah, we've had a, a bit of a Skiffle talk. We listened to uh, we, we this was one of our, another of our late night talks. We listened to Lonnie Donegan and his his song uh, "My My Old Man Was a Dustman." And just having a bad time. Yeah, a wonderful profession, by the way. Dustman, yeah. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. Yeah. So Bring the dust off the streets. Could we stuff. have a yeah. skiffle revival on TikTok, please? Oh my God! Yeah, jug bands. You know, get the get the. You oh, know, yeah. all those intro- That would be great. That would be exactly. That's what skiffle. Uh, if TikTok was around at the time of skiffle, it would. That would be what everyone's doing. They're all like, you know, dressing like they're they're from from down south and probably doing blackface. If we're being honest, and just yeah, just yeah. like TikTok, just like TikTok, just like oh, TikTok. Damn. We're 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 doing we're we're cracking the code here tonight. We're cracking all the. 
we're we're seeing the 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 geometry here. The Dustman revival is the thing that I'm really looking forward to. The Dustman, yeah, the Dustman cometh for sure. Mm. <laughs> so, are you participating in the Dustman challenge? <laughs> oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Search through this heap. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> That's a TikTok challenge to uh, My Old Man Was a Dustman by Lonnie Donegan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we know that Skiffle, that the word Skiffle existed prior to the UK revival, but we don't know exactly what it referred to before that point. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Skiffle revival was inspired by improvised jug bands that performed jazz and blues across the US circa 1920s. Inspired by, notably, not comprised of. Yeah, yeah. This is the, the, the <laughs> you know they they built off that. They played That's you know the wa- the washboard, the jugs, the cigar box fiddle, the musical saw, comb and paper. Yeah, as well as some traditional instruments. You know, your guitar, your banjo. Um, and we, in terms of where the word comes from, we know that in England, skiffle was a slang term for a mess. You know, say like I'm oh. I'm in a skiffle, and uh, in in the U.S. it was one of many slang terms for a rent party, which was a party where you know the, a tenant would hire a band and charge a price for admission and use that to pay their rent. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That's an interesting tradition. Yeah, yeah. and they also <laughs> and they also called it a skiffle. Huh. And so the first the first known use of the word skiffle on record was in the name of the band Jimmy O'Brien and his Chicago Skifflers. Chicago Skifflers. Yeah, not from like... Chicago. <laughs> right. Well, they <laughs> not from Chicago. That's just where they skiffled. Um, mm. It's it's much <laughs> like the jizz. It's much like the jizz whalers in that we we know of it from mm. a band name oh. a band name that <laughs> refers to skifflers. Your listeners have been introduced to jazz music, right? Uh, I don't believe it's come up so far. If you don't know uh, <laughs> the the genre of music uh, uh, of its of the time of Star Wars, like the you know the music everyone listens to in Star Wars, is called jizz. Uh, <laughs> it's the name of the music. confirmed. Yeah, the Cantina band. The music that they play is called jizz. Uh, Jabba Flow, the song that Lin Manuel Miranda wrote for The Force Awakens, is jizz. Uh, <laughs> The yeah, and and the reason we know this originally is because in the novelization of Return of the Jedi, the band is referred to as Jizz Whalers. Was that Max Rebo and the Jizz Whalers, or uh, it was just like it was just like these Jizz Whalers? It wasn't like the name of the band. <laughs> yeah, the Jizz Whalers are the fellows with the sort of two lobed heads, Max Rebo and the gang. That's. That's yeah, yeah, and there was a and the 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 band in the movie the band the Cantina band is called Figure and Dan and the Modal Nodes, but um, it's oh. the, the, there is a band that's Ever Orbis and his Galactic Jizz Whalers. <laughs> it, it, depressing stuff on the show. Today. <laughs> <laughs> that really hit me hard. I'm not gonna lie. Demoralizing <laughs> <laughs> knowledge to be gleaned here. So the word skiffle was often used to describe country blues records, such as the song Skiffle Blues by Dan Burley and his Skiffle Boys. Not from boys. They're not from boys either. 
uh, or from Boys Town. They uh, in the post-war period, uh, there there was already a British jazz scene, but it saw a move away from swing music towards what they called trad jazz. What was that? It was just it was just jazz that was like as. It was just striving to be more traditional. So it was like anything they could find that made it seem more rustic and, you know, country, just just, just whatever they could find to that end. And so as they started to discover jug bands and that kind of thing, they were like, okay, let's bring this back. And hence the Skiffle Revival. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sort of the Kraut Rock of its day. In a way, yeah. And uh, spearheaded by people like Ken Collier, Lonnie Donegan, as we said before. Very, very popular Not among... Not from Donegan. Not from Donegan, no. <laughs> very popular among British teens of the 40s and 50s. And uh, yeah, here's a, fig- here's a figure for you. It's estimated that there were between 30,000 and 50,000 British skiffle bands by the late 1950s. And... They have that many people? It, it means that rough, as many as one in every 250 people in the UK were members of Skiffle Groups. Oh my god. How'd that work? <laughs> Who's to say? And you think about, like, this: the, if this was a teen thing, was it just, like, every teen was in a Skiffle Group? Because I'll tell you, as we get into the Beatles stuff, everyone they know is in some kind of band, so, like... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe just everyone between mm-hmm. the ages of like 15 and 25 was in a skiffle group. Something something about TikTok. It's like TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's like how one in every 250 people is on TikTok. Are they? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> just the English. Yeah, I... <laughs> just the English, thank you. So one such skiffle group <laughs> was the uh, Quarry Men which was founded by John Lennon and Eric Griffiths in 1956. So uh, a little bit about the Quarrymen. The original lineup was John Lennon on guitar and vocals, Griffiths on guitar, Bill Smith on T-chest bass, Colin Hanton on drums, and Pete Shotton on washboard. And that's the only things that they did. (laughs) What do you mean? There weren't like multi-instrumentalisms happening here. It's just the one guy does washboard, nothing but. Yeah, one guy does washboard, one guy does T-chest bass. That, that's all you get. I mean, that's how so many people managed to be skiffle musicians. That's true, because you only, had to, do, so. you only had to learn how to play the, the, the jugs, and then you were, you were good to go. The band was and named... did they want to? They went. They went places. The Quarrymen was named after a line from their school's official song. Let me just read the line here. Quarrymen... Please. Old before, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Quarry men. <laughs> <laughs> Old before our birth. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Straining each muscle and sinew. This is a song? This is the school's official song. The line this is, is a quarry- mother riddle for teens. <laughs> yeah, quarry men. Old before our birth. Straining each muscle and sinew. <laughs> Is there a tune? <laughs> I imagine there is. But... Lost to time. Yeah, because this is the school's official songs. So I have to imagine it's saying of the people who attend Quarry Park High School or whatever that they're old before their birth. <laughs> <laughs> imagine like. Sure was. Imagine a bunch of like little 
British boys singing this song. Yeah, they're straining each muscle and sinew. Straining yeah. each muscle <laughs> and sinew. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. For what I can't say. Uh, so their manager, and for a brief period, their T-Chess bass player, Nigel Wally, <laughs> he, he booked them a gig at this notorious jazz club, the Cavern Club. Uh, which Notorious? Yeah, and they only tolerated Skiffle because they considered it an offshoot oh, of jazz. This is true. They, 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 they were, like, very on with Skiffle because they were a jazz club. They're very into that. They considered Skiffle, like... On thin ice. Yeah, because it's because it comes from jazz in a way, and uh, but they got upset at, at at Lennon because he would keep he would persistently have the band perform rock and roll numbers, and uh, eventually they got in trouble for being too rock and roll for the jazz club. So they so, what were they still a skiffle band then? They were they were still skiffle, but they were performing a lot of rock and roll songs. Badly, I have to imagine. Yeah, yeah. They they entered a contest to appear on Star Search. Um, Wait, the rock and roll songs oh. with the guy on washboard? Okay, yeah, keep going. They had a guy on washboard, a guy on teaches bass. They had entered a contest to appear on Star Search, hosted by Canadian impresario Carol Levis, as he was described on Wikipedia. Uh, but they were up against wow. they were up against another skiffle band called the Sunnyside Skiffle the Beatles. Group. <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> uh, they stole the name just to just to piss him off. So no, that's where uh, the story begins. That was all like a prologue. Yeah, that was all someone else. That was that was not that John. Yeah. <laughs> John Lennon, not from Lennon. Yeah, different. <laughs> not from Lennon. Oh, uh, the real John Lennon would never live in Mendips. <laughs> John, you can't do this to me. It was so close that Canadian impresario Carol Levis had to use the uh, clapometer to. <laughs> To measure on, to, to measure the audience's reaction. Okay. Clapometer. Okay. Yeah, and Ed Lennon would would go on to say that like Sunnyside, you know, brought in a bus of their own fans to 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 skew the <laughs> results. Um, whether whether or not that's true, Sunnyside ultimately beat out the Quarrymen by a hair. A hair. A hair. Yeah, a hair on the clapometer. You just gotta think about like this contest to appear on uh to, to appear on Star Search. You, you know, these two skiffle groups and skiffle everyone in the audience was probably in a skiffle group. <laughs> <laughs> They're all connoisseurs of the crowd. They, they all know skiffle. It's like when you make a TikTok and your audience is a bunch of people who use TikTok. Like uh-huh. Skiffle was what was the TikTok of its day. Mm-hmm. Big youth trend. And the clapometer is the uh, likes. Yeah. Yeah. And the Canadian <laughs> then impresario you your is likes the algorithm. By buying bots. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Canadian impresario is who? Is the algorithm. The algorithm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what I call it. Yeah. The <laughs> you do it off of the, the Canadian impresario. Mm. So at about this time, while they were still the Quarrymen, uh, Lennon was introduced to Paul McCartney by the band's then T-Chess bass player, Ivan Vaughn. <laughs> How many did they have? They really went through. <laughs> uh, Paul McCartney would join the band after Shotton and Davis, Davis being the banjo player, quit over the group's transition away from skiffle and towards rock uh, in 1957. 
He was so passionate about Skiffle. Yeah, Shotton and, and Davis were both like, Skiffle or bust. Oh, yeah. It's they were right, if, really. Yeah, really, they were. It's as if, if we use the TikTok analogy, it's as if they were releasing more uh, YouTube videos and the, 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 the or, or they were streaming on Twitch more and the people who were, and the, there were real TikTok, uh, hardheads in the, in the group who are just like, it's, it's TikToker get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> they left the content house. Yeah, they left, they left the Mendip's house and, uh, <laughs> Were no, they, they they left the Quarry Park High School. Uh, they, they were no longer straining each muscle and sinew. Um, yeah. And you gotta keep on that grind. That's the thing. Yeah. It, 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 you, As it, in TikTok. If you miss a sinew, you're out. Mm. If I may pose a question. Sure. Um, would this mean that uh, John Lennon was the first e-boy? <laughs> I'm I'll leave you for real now. I'll need you to elaborate on that, I think. <laughs> I think that... Well... Later. Okay, okay, wait, question. Okay. If... Skiffle is first, then can we say... Giffle is the, the YouTube of its day, and then when, when Beatles comes along, that can be the TikTok? Oh, I see. So the Beatles are, are TikTok. The rock and roll is the TikTok. The rock and roll music is 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 what the kids are 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 crazy nasty about. Mm. The teens. The teens, yeah. The <laughs> the teens love it. The the you know that like if we were if we were in the early sixties, we would have no trouble appealing to the teens with this talk of the Beatles. Oh yeah, we no might. trouble at all. <laughs> we would have no trouble. <laughs> we would be old before our birth if we were. <laughs> we would be straining every muscle and sinew. <laughs> we we might be straining every muscle and sinew. <laughs> I threw one out earlier, so I might you know I miss a few. But oh man, we're straining would, some muscles. Make us literally old before our birth. In this, it's true. If we if we were in the sixties, we'd be oh. old before our birth. Yeah, the prophecy comes true. <laughs> It's oh, all coming Lord. every every time we talk about the Beatles. This happens. Yeah, we kind of time travel. We we have epiphanies. Yeah, <laughs> we we have time travel epiphanies. <laughs> so so in yeah. late 1957, they excised Skiffle from their repertoire altogether. Became just a rock and roll cover band. Actually, they were covering existing rock and roll songs. So they were doing Such the challenges band. that already existed in the day. <sighs> <laughs> the Beatles, the Beatles are TikTok. That's what we're. That's the lesson we're coming to, and we're Jesus. solving the riddle for teens. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Lennon and McCartney began to rely on vocal harmonies more. They were, you know, working on just just vocals and writing together. They were influenced by Buddy Holly and the Crickets. They started writing music that was very Buddy Holly influenced. And in 1958, McCartney's old school friend George Harrison auditioned to join the group. Uh, he, he was 15 years old at this point. <laughs> oh, wow. But, yeah, but thanks to Paul's persistent advocacy, he was brought on to play guitar. And so by this Still point... Still a quarryman. Let, let me walk you... Yeah, let me walk you through the seven members of the quarrymen. Lennon on guitar, mm. McCartney on guitar, Lowe on piano, Harrison on guitar, Hanton on drums... <laughs> Griffiths on guitar and Len Gary on oh. heat cast bass. Excellent. 
Yeah. But what do you need? <laughs> so many guitars, T-Chess bass. They were sort of forming an early, an early here of, uh, of guitar players. Mm. Someone help me budget my band. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> 3600 on guitar. Can't get rid of them. Can't get rid of them, yeah. They, they tried to get Griffiths to transition to bass. Um, not T-Chess bass. <laughs> Although, if they had had two T-Chess bass players in their rock and roll band, mind you, they still had a T-Chess bass player while they would stop making skiffle music. Oh my god. <laughs> Why didn't they keep it? I, I wish they did. I wish, you know, on every Beatles record. I mean, f- for all this talk about how skiffle was where they started, if you think about all the Beatles records, they never really went back to it. Yeah. I mean, Rocky Raccoon, was that early? Uh, I feel like that was middle. Yeah, like they they kind of made a return, but where did they, you know, the TS TS base go in there? <laughs> then that equation, the TS base. For those of you at home who might not know, uh, the TS base is a basically a, a, a crate with 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 one pole coming out of it and one diagonal string back to the 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 base of the crate, and so you just sort of pluck that string, and it's and it's and it's a base. I believe so, you. And the Beatles went through these guys. They were like <laughs> the quarry it was a dangerous men, uh, instrument. Yeah, it was a real. <laughs> there was a lot. It was, there were a lot of uh, occupational hazards uh, with T-Chess bass players. Involved. Yeah. So yeah, they tried to get Griffiths to transition to bass, but he didn't want to pay for a bass. So they. <laughs> she loves the thrill. Yeah. I, I wish I had the story here, but they just, they, they convince their manager to go ahead and fire Griffiths, and he looks back on it and he's like, I wanted nothing to do with that, they, they, they bamboozled me and, into firing this guy from their band that they didn't want to do it, and um, <clears throat> around the same time, their T-Chess bass player contracted meningitis. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they were left with three guitarists, a drummer, and a pianist, and... <laughs> that was the quarryman at that point. <laughs> that's that's a string quartet right there. Sure is, sure is. The drums are the fourth string. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, they're sort uh-huh. of the fifth string, if you will. So in 1958, the quarryman book a recording session, and they created the only professional Beatles era quarryman recording. Like, like, like in that time, that was the only thing they recorded, and. Uh, they made one copy of it. They never released it commercially. It like got lost for a couple decades, and then uh, John Lowe, the piano the piano player, just like dug it out of his attic, and he was like, "Oh, here you go." And they put it on. They put it on the 1995 Beatles Rarities album anthology one. Interesting. I have never heard anything from that. So soon after that recording session in 1958, Hanton and Lowe both quit, which left the group with three guitarists: <laughs> Lennon, McCartney, and Harrison. They <laughs> figured all oh, this band is going nowhere. Yeah, they they split up. <laughs> they became no longer teens. The end. It's, I'm they telling you, graduated from their mandatory service. <laughs> yeah, they 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 were done straining every muscle and sinew. And yeah, they did call it they did call it quits for a bit at this point. Um, Lennon took up a restaurant job. McCartney and Harrison were performing with a Welsh skiffle group called the Vikings. The Vikings. Wow. That's not from Denmark. Massive. Not not from not from Denmark. Yeah, they got back into they got back into skiffle after doing uh, <laughs> the Beatles for like 
a week. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, fuck this, I'm going back to Skiffle. And then finally, uh, Canadian impresario Carol Levis gave them another opportunity to audition for Star Search. Again. You did. <laughs> the Canadian impresario came back and told them they oh, could they try it again. Oh, they viral on the algorithm. Again. They viral oh, on the oh, algorithm. Man. They renamed themselves Johnny and the Moondogs. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's fucking right, baby. I'd love to know more about that name. Uh, no explanation. <laughs> I wish there were. They're Johnny and the Moondogs. After that, they were... I don't know. They were like they were like JPG three for a while. It was just you know John Paul George. But uh, for this audition, they were Johnny and the Moon Dogs. They were they were the first JPEG in a way. <laughs> Beatles JPEG. Oh, I do have a Beatles JPEG. <laughs> yeah, I also sure have a Beatles JPEG. Oh man, we all got our JPEGs here, don't we? Yeah. And this is the stuff that I think our our Andor is really going to connect to. The JPEGs. The JPEGs. Yeah. <laughs> So they made it to the finals for this Star Search competition, and they and they got a positive response to the uh, uh, to to the from the audience. They were performing uh, "Think It Over" by Buddy Holly, but then I couldn't. I'm sure if I looked harder, I could find what the story is. I couldn't find what the story is here. They just had to go before they called the result. <laughs> <laughs> They made it to the finals, the audience loved them, and then they, they just left before the winner was announced. <laughs> what kind of Cheech and Chong to... movie? <laughs> they took a social media break at the height at the height of their prime. They did. They were they were in they were in the forest and they showed a dead body and they were like, I'm taking a break for a while. Aw. Poor Beatles. Yeah. Jake Paul, George. <laughs> Oh my god. The fifth? The fifth. Jake Paul George. The fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so as they were leaving this Star Search competition that they might have been poised to win, uh, <laughs> Lennon saw an electric guitar by the stage door and he just took it on his way out. Oh my god. It's like stole it? He, he stole it. <laughs> <laughs> He said after that that the trip quote wasn't a total loss because he stole a guitar. Oh wow! I don't, I don't know what happened here. They were winning. They left. They stole a guitar and said, "Well, at least we got something." Bellinus fetals. Uh, Bellonius. Yeesh. So after that, they broke up again. Oh, good. Yeah. They were like, okay, we had one good performance. We could have maybe been on Star Search. We stole a guitar. Now let's just call it quits while we're ahead. <laughs> to go on the lamb. Yeah. Um, and so in 1959, there was this club that was going to have the Les Stewart Quartet for playing, and then like something happened last minute where they couldn't. And so George Harrison was doing guitar for them at the time, and he was like, oh, I'll call... I'll call my my lads John and Paul. And so they got back together as a last minute stand in for this band uh and they rebrand once again as the Quarrymen. Mm. Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> they break the square one. They do. And they bring on uh the Les Stewart Quartet's lead guitarist Ken Brown forming a new four guitar lineup. 
Oh no! Wow. And okay. And T-Chess bass in sight. <laughs> no T-Chess bass. Just guitars. Just vibes. Oh. Uh, so in 1960, Ken Brown was replaced by the bass player Stuart Sutcliffe. Stuart Sutcliffe. Um, and Pete Pass joined on drums, and the band once can you, again. Can you say the name? Again? <laughs> that would be Stuart Sutcliffe. One more time. Stuart. Sutcliffe. And what was the other guy? Pete Best. Pete Best. Can we okay. get both of those? <laughs> Stuart Sutcliffe and Pete Best. Uh, can we get like two times fast? <laughs> Stuart Sutcliffe, Stuart Sutcliffe. <laughs> Pete Best, Pete Best. Thank you, thank you. All okay. I hear is beep ass. Pete <laughs> Best. Okay, thank you. Stuart Sutcliffe. Yeah, and so the band once again uh, tried to rebrand. Ultimately, they settled on a name dreamed up by Lennon and Sutcliffe, the Beatles. Dreamed up. Prophetic dreams from both of them, yeah. (laughs) They dreamed up the Beatles, Lennon and Sutcliffe. So this is where where we get into the Beatles stuff, but I have one more note on the Quarrymen. They are still performing today. What? So, Rod Davis and John Lowe, that's a piano player, and Rod Davis was not on THS bass, he was on uh, <laughs> banjo. They uh, reformed the band in 1994, releasing the first ever Quarrymen album, Open for Engagements, in 95. Open for Engagements. And the surviving members of the Quarrymen's 1957 lineup, that is, the lineup in the brief period before Paul came on, <laughs> is so, so that's Shotton, Davis, Gary, Griffiths, and Hanton. They performed together in 1997, and after that, they just continued to perform, going on tours all over the globe. They released albums in 1997, 2004, and 2012, uh, mostly consisting of covers of 50s rock and skiffle. Most recently, they recorded a live album in March of 2020, as of today, the band oh, consists shit. of Colin Hanton on drums, Rod Davis on guitar and vocals, Len Gary, former T-Chess bass player on guitar and vocals now, John Lowe on keyboard, and a new member, Chaz Newby on bass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, invented for tax purposes. <laughs> Chaz Newby. <laughs> Not from Newby. Oh, man, Chaz Newby. Oh, he's something for the teens. But here's the thing. Chaz Newby also played bass for the Beatles between 1960 and 61. Huh. <laughs> so he's he's new to the Quarrymen, but he was a Beatle before that. Old before his time. He was old before his birth. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Were these guys straining every sinew? <laughs> I, I, I imagine they are. They're still going. Although without mm. a T-Chess bla- okay. bass, I feel like you're missing a few sinews. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're missing one sinew. Yeah, the, one, the, the, one, the one sinew that you, you, <laughs> that you pluck on the T-Chess bass. They're one sinew short of the skiffle re-revival. <laughs> yeah, they're a few sinews short of a skiffle, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that brings us mm-hmm. to the Beatles. The the Beatles booking agent Alan Williams. The Beatle <laughs> the Beatles booking agent Alan Williams 
decided to start getting them gigs in Hamburg. In how long? Uh, after yeah. another of his acts. In where? A- another of his in Hamburg. Okay. An- We're on the trip to Germany. Yeah, another of his acts, Darien. The oh, the yeah, the the German place. They they were going to the German place, um, because another of Alan Williams's acts, uh, whose name was Derry and the Seniors, uh, oh, Dar- old, just old. Dar- they were old before their birth. <laughs> no, no, just old. <laughs> <laughs> they so they were very successful there, uh, in Hamburg. So they're like, let's let's get the Beatles over there, um. After being reduced to rubble in World War II, uh, Hamburg developed a reputation as a haven of vice and crime, uh, but it was also <laughs> significantly wealthier than Liverpool. So, you know, two birds, one stone, if you're a... <laughs> Still doing better than Skiffles. Still doing okay. better than Skifflesburg, that's for sure. <laughs> Hub of vice and crime, that's why they were sending Lenin because you stole like, a guitar. That's true. They were like, oh, you, on the land. We're sending you to Hamburg. <laughs> the Australia of its day. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to come back too. Much like TikTok. Much like TikTok, the Australia of today. <laughs> What's we're all sure. the degenerate what, what, by the government? What is the, the haven of vice and crime? Uh, out, TikTok. Uh, no, but, but, but rock and roll is TikTok. So what? So what is the? Oh yeah. Oh. To 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 TikTok. What is its haven of vice and crime, where they send people? Los Angeles prison. Los Angeles. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, TikTok, aka the Beatles, went to Hamburg, aka Los Angeles. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> These are the five Beatles. So, okay, there's five Beatles, right? They travel in a minivan accompanied by Alan Williams, his wife, Beryl, her brother, Barry Chang, German chancellor, a German translator, not the chancellor. <laughs> German chancellor, Angela Merkel, in her youth. <laughs> Old before her birth. <laughs> 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 their German translator Georg Stirner and Lord Woodbine which is in quotes on, on the Wikipedia and like every time he's mentioned Lord Woodbine um, <laughs> he is a Calypso artist and music promoter who is sometimes known as and this is true the sixth Beatle oh fuck <laughs> We've had all these discussions about the fifth Beatle, you know, what, what the, what the fifth Beatles, you know, in, in this timeline we made for, for the Beatles show where, where the Beatles kept going and there was like a council of Beatles, yada, yada. Lord Woodbine, in quotes, is the sixth Beatle. I'm, Permanent position. You said that the Beatles were in the minivan, so I'm imagining all these other people walking alongside it like a covered wagon on the Oregon Trail to Hamburg, aka Los Angeles. It was just ten people in a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> have they invented mini? No, I don't know. I don't understand cars anyway. They might I'm not going to be able to like, understand. It could it. have been a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> They they all went a beetle, oh, you say? No. A beetle. They all went to Hamburg in a ten passenger <laughs> minivan. <laughs> um, a really fact, long Volkswagen Beetle. For, yeah. This was the inspiration for Yellow Submarine. Oh, I'm sure. They they were in a yellow minivan. 
and they were detained at the German border for five hours <laughs> because they didn't have work permits yet. They were they were like, we'll go there and then we'll get work permits. Um, but uh, the Williams convinced them that the Beatles were like students. And <laughs> got them in that way. Uh, this is our bus full of international students. <laughs> we've got we've got Lord Woodbine, international criminals, <laughs> international <laughs> criminals coming to the coming to the Haven. On a criminals visa. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> on a criminals visa. That's so good. Oh my god, you need a criminal visa to get into this penal colony. To get into the Haven of Ice and Crime. Yeah. So the, here's a fun. Here's a, a, a side fact. Uh, Alan Williams and Lord Woodbine co-owned a strip club where the Beatles once played backing music for a stripper. I... Who? Uh, you just gotta... Her name was Janice, that's all we know, but you just gotta imagine going to a strip club, seeing a stripper, and the backing band is the Beatles! And they're playing skiffle. They're playing skiffle. <laughs> They've got the jugs out, the T-chest band. Jugs out while the jugs are out. If you know what I mean. Oh my god. They arrived in Hamburg in August of 1960. (laughs) They would perform at the Indra Club and live in the men's bathroom of an adjacent movie theater. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's right. That's where they lived. They... (laughs) (laughs) They apparently washed their face with the water from the urinals. Um, they were awoken by the what? sound of, uh, moviegoers pissing in the, in the, in the ladies' room. In their <laughs> wash basins. <laughs> and that's where they lived. That guy really pisses in my wash basin. <laughs> Who pissed in your wash basin? <laughs> Me when someone is well exfoliated. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, German club goers were amused by the band's name because Beetle sounds like Peetle, which is an infantile low German word for penis. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, they were seeing dust penises. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's deep penises? Deep penises, yeah. They, were... <laughs> they, they love to see them. Let's see. They do. Yeah, at the... <laughs> Don't we all? At the, at the Kaiser Keller, they're German... <laughs> Encourage them to uh, mock Shao, make a show for the audience. Um, and according to George, this prompted John to quote, dance around like a gorilla and we'd all knock our heads together. <laughs> there it is. And we'd all knock our heads together. <laughs> yeah. What's this habitual wood here? What's happening with that? <laughs> like they didn't stop. <laughs> well, they were performing. That's the thing with all these clubs is they were performing like continually. Like 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 the so the the, the club's business manager Willie Limpinski suggested that the club could achieve would attract more customers by having <laughs> the name can we get the name again sure thing, the sure, last thing. One? sure thing this would be this would be willie limpinski yeah oh, poor guy <laughs> he suggested <laughs> that the club would attract more customers by having continuous live music so they had two bands the hurricanes and the beatles and they would just play basically in a continuous rotation all day <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> taking turns. Yeah, <laughs> they they did oh take God. turns, and then well, after weeks of together. continue, they were knocking their heads together, dancing like a gorilla. <laughs> mocking and after weeks, <laughs> mocking <and> shout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and after weeks of continuous use, the stage collapsed on Johnny Storm and the Hurricanes. Skulls. After weeks of continuous knocking, their skulls <laughs> collapsed onto Johnny Storm and the Hurricanes. Yeah. Both bands were going out for breakfast across the street the next morning when they were followed by the club's doorman and beaten with batons. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> they because they broke the stage after using it nonstop for several weeks. <laughs> this is their fault. I don't. Yeah, and and oh, no. and then the promoter fired both of them and replaced them with a jukebox. Oh, see. Yeah, just like TikTok, because like automation. TikTok. Yeah. Automation, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it is happening. Deep, big... I mean, when you think about it, it's like, why did you hire two bands to play 24 hours a day when you, <laughs> when you could have used a jukebox? <laughs> just in the first place, yeah. Yeah. At least replace one of them with a jukebox, and then the other ones can go like three times a day. <laughs> And then they won't break the stage. Yeah, so in October of 1960, that was at the Indra Club, by the way, not the Kaiser Keller. Uh, but they left the Kaiser Keller, Kaiser Keller. For, for, for a better offer at the Top Ten Club. And in retaliation, the owner of the Kaiser Keller, Bruno Koschmader, uh, reported George Harrison for working under the legal age limit. Oh. Yeah, and he, and he, yeah. and, and Pete Best and, and Paul McCartney went back to get their stuff, and they, like... They like lit a condom to 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 light the room, and uh, so he also had both of them arrested for potential arson. So they tried to set the set the club on fire. I don't think they they might have the story that their story is that they were just coming to get their stuff and they needed light. But the the club owner's story is that they were trying to set the club on fire, and they did start a fire. So <laughs> to say, and he lit a what on fire? A condom that would be. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Penile torch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In that in that penal colony, they call they call Hamburg classic Beatles classic Beatles stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then a couple days later, Lennon's work permit was revoked. So most of the band went back to Liverpool. <laughs> Sutcliffe had a cold, so he stayed in Hamburg. <laughs> oh, Sutcliffe. <laughs> Old Sutcliffe. Classic Sutcliffe. Classic Sutcliffe. In the meantime, they played a few gigs in Liverpool with Chaz Newby filling in for Sutcliffe. Hey! Yeah. What was he doing there? He he was old before his birth. He was, oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he have Skiffle to be playing? Oh, uh, if only. Oh. Yeah, and so after Harrison turned 18, they go back to Hamburg. <laughs> Is it a dream? What? The- <laughs> <laughs> they, they like they got kicked out of Hamburg back there, man. After after playing in Liverpool and doing like pretty well, they were like, "Man, Sutcliffe's got a cold. We got we gotta get back." Over there. No man left behind, man. No man left behind. <laughs> uh, speaking of, Sutcliffe left the band shortly thereafter to focus on art school, uh, leaving Paul McCar- leaving Paul McCartney to reluctantly take up bass. <laughs> <laughs> around uh, around the same time they adopted the exe haircut which was popular among german teens uh, teens teens, See, that's teens. The evil. 
Yeah, that's that's the e-boy. That's the e-boy. Astrid Kirchherr is sometimes credited with inventing that that haircut, the Beatles haircut as it's now known, but she says that all her friends had that haircut before the Beatles did. All the little German boys. All the little German boys, yes. These are these are yeah, the German teens. These are they're eggsy by the way, uh is short for existential. Is it? Sure. Yeah, it's it's the existential haircut. Is it? It is. Were they? <laughs> they were. Supposedly. The Beatles? Uh the German yeah. the little German boys. Those little German boys. They love their literature. <laughs> okay, the the E boys. Yeah, the German E boys love their literature. They love their riddles. They're, they're uh, existential yeah. riddles. Existence is a riddle, is what they would say. And so is so, the Beatles. And so are the Beatles. <laughs> they're the riddle we're cracking in this show. The Germans never could. So yeah, we're we're cracking the the German riddle here, of the Beatles. Um, they were signed to Polydor Records for one year as the backing band for singer Tony Sheridan, billed as the Beat Brothers, I should say. The Beat Brothers, not brothers. <laughs> Not brothers. Just like just like we are no in, drummers. Got, just like you guys are in a sense not my brothers. <laughs> and I am and in you a are sense not, not me. <laughs> existential. I'm existential, yeah. And you are this, a bit eggsy. I'm a bit eggsy. I'm <laughs> uh, I'm exual. And uh <laughs> at this time <laughs> they released their first recording. Uh, my Bonnie, 1961, as as the backing band for Tony Sheridan. That was the first uh, time the Beatles were uh, sold on wax. On 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 what? They were sold on wax. Get them off of there. <laughs> Get them off of there. It was also <laughs> it was also around this time that they started taking amphetamines to help them stay up to perform multiple shows every night. I'm shocked it took them that long. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this post post Kaiser Keller, they were like, <laughs> they were like, now we need some some prel some prellies to, to to keep us up for these shows. Finally, taking in the local Hamburg color. <laughs> <laughs> they got the Hamburg cut, and then they got the Hamburg color. Yeah. <laughs> cut color. While they were performing in Germany, they were also enjoying increasing success in Liverpool as part of the insurgent uh, Mercy Beat movement. Or Mersey Beat, whatever. M-E-R-S-E-Y. What is that? It's a place, I guess. Oh. And so that's oh, how they... Like not... Content house. Yeah. Oh, no, the Mercy that. House. Like, not... Not like a beat from Mersey, but rather like sort of a beat cultural thing happening in Mersey. Yeah, this was this was British beat. It was also called that, or just beat. Mersey type beat. Yeah, this is a Mersey type beat that the Beatles were on, um, and this is how they caught the attention of Brian Epstein, who had become their manager. Epstein's story is that he was working in a record store called Nems and decided to check out the band because customers kept coming in and be. It was NEMS. It was N E M S. Oh, what well, that stands for? What that stands for? I don't know. Yeah, it is an abbreviation. I, it seems like it. Huh. Far as I know. Curiouser. Mm-hmm. So Epstein says that people would keep coming in and be like, "Do you have the Beatles?" And he's like, "I don't know who that is." That happened for a couple <laughs> weeks. Like I should 
these guys out and, um, you know, went to one of their shows. But Paul McCartney and several others insist that Brian Epstein definitely 100% knew who the Beatles were by that time. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were very frequently on the cover of Mersey Beat magazine. Magazine. Mersey Beat magazine. It had its own magazine, and the editor of that magazine was friends with Brian Epstein, and the Beatles were on the cover of the second issue. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So my uh, my my notes. I have a few more notes. Just getting briefly into Brian Epstein, and then we can see where we're at from there, in terms of our riddle and our yeah. <laughs> our riddle for teens. So uh, Epstein sees the band perform at the Cavern Club, and he and his assistant, Alistair Taylor, greeted the Beatles in their dressing room, which was, quote, as big as a broom closet. Um, The Beatles were regulars at the record store, at NEMS, and so they immediately recognized Brian, who supposedly hadn't heard of them at this point. And George said, and what brings brings Mr. Epstein here? (laughs) (laughs) His broom closet legs cross which is back so they had this brief awkward exchange the next day epstein and taylor had lunch at uh, a restaurant called peacocks in a place called hacken's hay and uh, um, he asked he asked taylor what he thought of the band and taylor said they were quote absolutely awful <laughs> oh yeah finally but, but there was something remarkable about them that's what he said they got that special something. <laughs> they got that. They got. They've lost that love and feeling. After a long silence, Epstein admitted that he thought they were tremendous and asked Taylor if he should manage them. <laughs> <laughs> got that toe jam football. So you can, yeah, they got, they got uh, juju eyeball. Uh, so you can just sort of imagine this conversation <laughs> where Epstein's <laughs> like, "So what do you think of the Beatles?" And Taylor's like, "They sucked." <laughs> They're the worst, man. <laughs> Silence for a long time. And then like, <laughs> well, I thought they were tremendous. <laughs> and also, I'd like to finance them. I'd like to manage them. And then... I'd like to hold their hand. I'd like to hold their hand. I'd like to uh, strain their muscles and sinews. <laughs> <laughs> So Epstein called their old manager, Alan Williams, to confirm that he was no longer with the band. And Williams advised him, again, quote, not to touch them with a fucking barge pole. (laughs) He was old before his birth. He was old before his birth. Everyone was telling Epstein, do not, don't you dare (laughs) get involved with this terrible band, The Beatles. Um, Oh, you shouldn't have. So Brian was brought on to manage the Beatles in January of 1962. And the first thing he did was uh, change their onstage appearance. This is the quote from Wikipedia. They wore blue jeans and leather jackets, ate and swore, stopped and started songs when they felt like it, pretended to hit each other, and turned their backs to the audience. (laughs) Damn. Sounds like my kind of band. That's what the Beatles were on uh, before Brian Epstein got a hold of them and convinced them very slowly. First of all, you can't wear jeans and leather jackets. Then, 
you should wear sweaters. Then finally, like six months later, convince them to wear suits. And this is this is the post amphetamines phase. This is they were they were on amphetamines point and maybe other things too. Mm-hmm. Good for them. And that is where my notes leave off for this our first foray into the Beatles. With all that background, let's return to our older question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we had a few questions, really. What uh, question? <laughs> there was the question of how we would get teens interested in the Beatles. Right. And generally, how to how to I don't think that's our job. How to reach a teen audience with this podcast? Well, to get teens interested in our podcast about the Beatles. Okay, yeah. How to reach the teens towards yeah, the to, Beatles? Towards the riddles, yeah. Building bitches. <laughs> uh, Straining each mm. and you. So, the the mm. Beatles and TikTok. <laughs> we're trying to Ooh. kind of arrange our metaphor here. I think we're trying to construct the thesis that the Beatles are TikTok. Mm-hmm. Or that TikTok is the Beatles. You're right. So I think there's something to be said for the whole skiffle craze democratizing this 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 approach to media thing. Uh, mm. And then the Beatles stemming from that. There's something going on there. You know? Yeah, interesting. So like everyone got onto that skiffle train and then the Beatles came up off that train, but then, you know, kind of jumped jumped, off even jumped, jumped tracks onto a, onto a different train, onto a boat, Uh, German boat, (laughs) a German U boat, uh, onto Das American owned, but West German. (laughs) (laughs) They jumped onto Das boot and they, uh, great movie. Great movie, great movie. They were stuck in there for ninety minutes, and they um, made their own made their own thing that all the teens, all the teens were wild about. The teens loved the Beatles at the time, and if we were indeed old before our birth, we might have uh, captivated our teens very easily just by mentioning the Beatles. But unfortunately, unlike the Beatles, <laughs> we are not old before our birth. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we are not straining each muscle and sinew. Um, I'm quite relaxed. I don't know about you yeah, guys. We don't. We are chilling out here, and we uh, we're we're trying to. The Beatles are TikTok. They they made songs that were challenges. They challenges to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> their challenges, <laughs> all right. A lot of some of them. <laughs> On a fucking dare. They're fucking there. They did it for the views. Mm. Hate clicks. It's the hate clicks. Oh, that was the um, knocking their heads together part. Yeah, they, they that was what mm. they were knocking their heads together about. They oh, were clickbait. They were clicking their heads together. <laughs> Hatefully. <laughs> they made a clicking sound when they... <laughs> <laughs> Their peanut brains bumping around in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the clickbait, and then the real content was them standing on a stage in jeans and not That's finishing exactly. their songs. Eating their songs, cussing up a storm, 
Uh, really, yeah. really taking in that Hamburg color. And, uh... <laughs> and, and well, people were loving it. People, the, the teens loved it. The teens loved it just like they do uh, riddles. Riddles. Yeah. So, so the, the... are the Beatles, are the Beatles TikTok or are the Beatles? Well, we've said the Beatles are a riddle. Mm-hmm. The Beatles were the original riddle for teens, in a way. <laughs> oh, okay. Because teens could kind of... Who were the andors of the Beatles? Who were the andors of the Beatles? Um, I mean, that would be the fifth Beatles, wouldn't it? Ed Lord would bind the sixth Beatle. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're sort of the andors of it. And... Um, I mean, even our original show where we analyzed each Beatles song, we were sort of, we were the teens who were getting engaged by the riddles about the Beatles. I was a teen at the time. I don't know about you guys. I think I was. I mean, I might have been 20, but, uh, eh. You were old before your birth. <laughs> I was old. Yeah, you were. <laughs> don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if anyone is to glean anything from this episode. <laughs> I, I feel sure like, did. I feel like this is gonna be this is gonna be a, a polarizing one. Perhaps. Are these supposed to be sort of informational? Is there supposed to be like people are? I mean, I'd say, real. I'd say this was informational. Yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot about the subcultures of youth in 40s 50s and early 60s england and also hamburg has been learned today i think exactly sort of the alt of their day were the beatles the oh that's the alt tiktok that's how beatles they, were alt that's TikTok. how they're e-boys now i get it they were they mm-hmm. were part of the alt movement of their day mm-hmm. and they got the existential haircut and they wore leather jackets and jeans and <laughs> <laughs> Much they, like e-boys. <laughs> as e-boys often do. Yeah. E-boys who are old before their birth and strain every muscle <laughs> in you for that TikTok <laughs> for to please the Canadian impresario. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the pieces. They're all coming together, and they will come together even further in the next segment of our extended mini-series on the Beatles. Is that going to be the next episode, or is there another segment, some kind of riddles or something that you have in store for? Uh, This would be the next episode, which doesn't have to be right away, but whenever we feel like it, we'll return to the Beatles and continue unraveling, continue straining each muscle and sinew to unravel (laughs) their grand riddle for tea. <laughs> We're straining every one of their muscles and sinews as we rip yeah. them apart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eviscerating the Beatles. Exactly. That's what we're doing here. That's what this episode's called. Sam and Leon, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for, thank having, you for having us. Uh, and thank you to those at home who have borne with us through this uh, who, have, who, have, who have really strained uh, all your muscles. And Not from born. Trying to listen to <laughs> this episode of Pulp Friction. Yeah, all of you are 
all of you are really old before your births. Yeah. See you next week. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary.